Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Lewis and Lucas podcast. I am half of your podcast, Lucas. With me, as always, is Lewis. How are you doing today, Lewis? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. Getting ready to uh, have a nice discussion on Bitcoin and gold and all kinds of cool stuff. So looking forward oh, to yeah. this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be such a wholesome conversation, right? Um. Yeah, that listeners the podcast know that Lewis and I aren't a fan of Bitcoin. Uh, Lewis is a proponent of gold, whereas I like the U.S. dollar. We've we've had our spats in the past, but we haven't had somebody who is a Bitcoin enthusiast uh, come and defend the Bitcoin position. But today we're in luck because Jonah Lems, a friend of ours, has come on, and he really likes Bitcoin, right, Jonah? Yes, sir. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself and why you like Bitcoin? Well, I have my entire life, I've always worked for money as or for what I think is money. And I've been paid in U.S. dollars. And I've always saved those dollars because I've wanted to use them later in my life. Until I realized a thing called inflation. And how it eats away at the purchasing power of those dollars that you save. So after I figured out about that, I wanted to hedge. Well, I didn't know what the word hedge meant then, but I wanted to hedge my money against that. So it wasn't losing its value every year. And I somehow stumbled into Bitcoin. And... I think I started my Bitcoin journey in high school and I've been buying every day since. So that's about it. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, we're, so we're going to have a conversation about these different positions. And we talked before we started recording that we're not looking to have a super serious conversation. We're going to just have some fun here and poke at each other a bit. But, you know, there's plenty of serious debates about Bitcoin versus dollar versus gold online. I, uh, yeah, so Bitcoin helps say, and I think gold to a certain degree, Lewis, you could speak to this, um, helps protect you against this evil, evil that is inflation, right? This inflation eats away at the integrity of your currency. And if you don't get out of it at some certain point, it's going to swallow you and your family and your wealth and everything you've worked for whole. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that inflation is this great Satan that we pretend it is. But anyway, go ahead, Lewis. I will say, I, like, I agree. Inflation sucks. It's really, really bad. And I, I think I think that there's we should distinguish like I there's this sense of like um, investment. Right. So like when you start thinking about retirement you know all three of us are not at retirement age but if if you think about retirement and you're planning ahead for retirement there are things you can invest in that hopefully will grow at a compounding rate now in the old days you know, like benjamin franklin days i i think he's the one that talked about the magic of compounding interest i don't know there's there's been a bunch of people that have talked about that but it used to be you put your money in the bank and they would give you an okay return you know percent and your money would compound and it would exceed inflation and also you know just do well over time um that's not the case anymore you know you're lucky if you get anything from the bank from a 
from a comp hunting interest standpoint. And so you have to look for other places to put your money if you actually want it to grow um, independent of, um, you know, just putting it ash in, in your mattress. And so in that sense, like to some degree, yeah, maybe Bitcoin is, is better than that. Um, and I don't think that's a good place to put gold at all. Like, I, you know, like I'm... I do believe that gold is a good place to be, but I do because I think it's a store of value. So I, I think that's the big difference between Bitcoin and gold is that what inflation does is it basically makes the same stuff more expensive. And so one way you can prevent your money from inflating is just buy some of that stuff right now, and then it will become higher value over time. So in a sense, isolate you from inflation that's a different thing from uh an investment so it you know an investment could be stocks it could be bonds it could be a business that you buy it could be um i you know and like i said in theory bitcoin i'm just suspicious of bitcoin um like i i personally think that as you should as you it should could, could go to zero <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, it's and and yeah, this is definitely this is definitely not a investment debate, right? We're talking currencies, yeah. And but yeah, you know, Jonah, if you want to speak to that, because I would agree with Lewis, it's like Bitcoin is mostly treated as an investment and not a currency, right? And I, I, you know, we call it cryptocurrency, but by definition, Bitcoin as it operates right now can't be a currency because it's not used mostly as a medium of exchange, it's mostly used as a store of value, which is which is different than what a currency is. Yeah, the word the word cryptocurrency is kind of a buzzword and it gets it gets thrown around a lot. And people label or people label like what they would say cryptocurrencies are like just as any type of like new crypto that comes out, even though like ethereum it's not really a currency it's more of just a platform that you can put applications on on the blockchain and people are always like oh yeah it's a cryptocurrency well it's not cryptocurrency is a buzz more of a buzzword and bit bitcoin bitcoin is well bitcoin could be it's not a currency yet because it's just used it's really just used by people like me who want to protect their dollars like you know, you just they just want to be able to put their money in, and then in 10, 20, so, 30 years. Um, oh, sorry, no, it's okay. Uh, and it just uh, so you believe that Bitcoin will be the currency, or so like your position is Bitcoin is going to be the currency of the future, and it would behoove the uh, prudent investor now to get. get a certain amount of Bitcoin so that they are prepared for this new coming economy where Bitcoin is the is the central medium of exchange. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that it's going to be the central medium of exchange. I don't know about that one. I just think that, well, it's this isn't financial advice. I just think that if you own, I just think buying and owning Bitcoin right now is a very good play over the next, the near future as we see it. So do you, do you think that, um, am I going to be using Bitcoin to, 
by, or am I going to be compelled? Is it like it, it would be in my best interest in the next 20 years, the next 40? Am I going to be using Bitcoin to buy groceries or to put gas in my car? Like, how soon is that going to be a reality? Um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure on that one because I keep seeing things like I remember there was there was a football like a merch store that you could pay with Dogecoin and i've seen i've seen bitcoin atms around and like you know we've all heard like you know with tesla and elon musk you used to be able to buy a tesla with bitcoin but i'm not i'm not sure until how long it is until you can just go out and buy things with bitcoin everywhere i mean there's bitcoin like credit cards or and debit cards that you can get through different companies so I guess if you wanted to trade your sats for goods right goods right now you could, but I don't I don't think most Bitcoiners well, like me they don't want to use their Bitcoin to buy like you know to fill their gas tank or to buy a Tesla because they just want to save it. So so my position is, I I I like dollars I like fiat, and I think that the dollar is the world reserve currency right now dollar is king and i think it's going to be king if for the near future i still think the next 10 20 years we're still going to be using dollars and the world global exchanges are still going to be denominating their transactions in dollars now my position relative to yours and to lewis's you know lewis thinks that the dollar is going to cave tomorrow and that's why he has a storeroom full of gold in his basement. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lewis, you want to hop in here? But yeah, I, like, I, I, the, I don't literally. So potential burglars <laughs> trying to dox me and break into my house. I don't <laughs> literally. But like, I, but on the like, I do believe that. Um, I think through like I want to clarify something like. In terms of like a medium of exchange, um, I think that my opinion of gold is not necessarily that we'll be trading gold coins, although you certainly can, and that's easy to do. Um, and you know, if if it worked out, I would do that. And if there was no good uh, currency, I would do that. But I I think that's different. Let's you know, you say you believe in the fiat currency, but like. It went up 10% last year. If inflation was 10% last year, if you had all your wealth in gold or in 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 cash, well, you just lost 10% of your wealth every year. And so like, and that's unlike gold or frankly, Bitcoin or any other commodity, silver, et cetera, it always goes one direction with cash, right? Cash is the one thing you can buy that will always lose value over time like that's there's no other investment you can make that can that the people in charge of it aim for a loss of value i mean the fed chair his goal is two percent inflation a year so his goal is that you only lose two percent of the value that you invest in cash right so that's a backwards investment for anybody that does it. So my point is not necessarily that we'll be trading gold or Bitcoin or anything else. My point is like, if you have money that you'd like to have liquid, don't put it in cash for the year. Like don't stick it in uh, dollar bills in a safe or don't stick it in 
your bank as you know fifty thousand dollars or whatever, put it in something else. And I think gold is a good option. And historically, gold has held its its wealth. And then when you want to buy a pizza or whatever, you sell a little bit of gold. You know, you can do it in you know Robinhood app or whatever. You own gold, and then you like sell it as you need it. You know, and you're much more likely to not lose that money. I don't think, you know, I don't think gold will make you rich. Although if, if the dollar collapses, which I, I, I mean, I know you were joking, but I leg, I don't think it will happen tomorrow necessarily, but I legit think that the dollar is garbage and that eventually it's going to be worthless because we print it a lot. And because you you have to have a limited supply of something for it to maintain value and it's has zero limits to a supply um so like i i think that it's eventually going to be garbage um and frankly comparing it to what it was in the 1960s or whatever it already is garbage right like the only reason we don't think is just cuz it acts slowly but like if if you told somebody in 1965 that a candy bar would cost two bucks, which is what it costs now, they'd be like flabbergasted, right? So like it already is garbage and it's going to be more garbage. I mean, by the time your kids are grown up and having kids, they're going to be, um, you know, a candy bar is going to be 50 bucks or something stupid like that. And it's so like, and that's slow inflation. Like that's, we're hitting roughly what the Fed chair wants us to hit. And, you know, if, if it gets out of control, which it seems like it's getting out of control, you know, it could be $5,000 for that candy bar or $50,000 for that candy bar in theory. And, and that happens. It happens all the time. It's happened in countless countries have had major inflation like that. So yeah, I, my, my thought is if you want to store value, let's say you get a bonus from work, you get $15,000 don't leave it in cash. It's going to it's going to lose its money if you leave it in cash. If if you want that money available for the next few years, put it in gold, put it in silver, put it in something else, but don't put it in cash. See, only this type of anti-American rhetoric can <laughs> can you get on the Lewis and Lucas podcast. The dollar is garbage. Yes. And I would never suggest somebody keep <laughs> Uh, something like you use the example of a $15,000 bonus. I would not recommend somebody keep it in cash because I'm not promoting the idea that cash is an investment. It's a medium of exchange. I think, and the idea that it's going to collapse one day and be unusable. Yeah. Like every other currency, it will one day that will happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. I'll just put that out there. I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime that the it'll continue inflating. And we could talk maybe later about whether all inflation, if if there's such a thing as good inflation, if there's such a thing as bad deflation. But Jonah, um, you kind of have some similar, like so, like Lewis's and his uh, anti-American dollar dollars garbage, right? That kind of resonates with you, right? Yeah, I was going to say I because I fully agreed with a lot of things that he was saying but i wouldn't the only there was one part well obviously i would say bitcoin not gold but the one part that i would i would move differently is that you should only be putting the money that you don't need to live off of in it so like for example just to make numbers really easy if you make a thousand dollars a month and you have 
$650 of bills and you have 350 bucks left over, that's what you'd put, be investing. That's what you'd be putting in Bitcoin or that's what I would say you'd be putting in Bitcoin because you don't sure, want to- but I guess why is why is Bitcoin better than gold then? Because the thing with gold, the thing with gold is it's not as it's not as transactable as Bitcoin. Like you can send a billion dollars of Bitcoin somewhere. You can send it around the world, and a billion dollars of gold that's that's a ton of gold. You know, like transporting that around. That's it's very that that would be very difficult. And it's not as, it's also, it's not as divisible as Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin, you can break up into a million different pieces. You can break it up into a million different pieces. And like, if you want to pay, like, for example, for like a latte with it at Starbucks or whatever people buy, then, you know, you'd have to like pay with like a gold flake or like, a, just like a speck of it. So it's like, Maybe, but like, I I've heard that before from Bitcoin enthusiasts, and it doesn't, in my mind, doesn't necessarily make sense. Where it's like, you can have electronic gold, right? Just the way, same same way. So like, if I own on paper, and you know nobody's going to keep a bunch of gold in their house. So let's say I own a bunch of gold owned by some gold trust, or kept by some gold trust. So I own a share of whatever gold trust, let's say $50,000 worth of, of gold at such and such gold trust. And so I um, then buy, you know, like I buy that gold, I go into Starbucks and Starbucks is now able to deal with gold or whatever. And I, couldn't I just like say 0. 0.001 gold to starbucks and they say okay and all of a sudden they own 0.001 of my gold trust so in theory you could have that gold centralized at various fort knox kind of places and you could be trading extremely small amounts digitally i mean for the most part we don't trade quarters and dollar bills either so and bitcoin you're not going to trade physical anything so in theory you could do Ooh. everything digitally with a commodity backed money as, as easily as you could do bitcoin yeah well that's the thing we don't trade with like quarters and pennies because they're worthless because of inflation like if you have you have a few quarters in your pocket there's nothing you can go and buy i mean maybe if you had four four quarters and four pennies you could go get yourself an arnold palmer but i mean that's it's really about it and as far as the like whole thing you were talking about with gold, that kind of just sounds like Bitcoin, Bitcoin to me, but without the third party. Yeah, but it's, the difference is that it's a real thing that's backed by somebody, right? So like in theory, I've defaulted not say, hey, here's a paper, and I own you know fifty thousand dollars worth of gold, and and they would have to give it to me. So like, uh, so you can trade something digitally that has it backed up physically. I mean, that's what the dollar bill used to be, right? So the dollar bill, yeah. before inflation got out of control, the dollar bill used to be supposedly that you owned a portion of gold or silver or some kind of backing that Fort Knox or somebody else was holding on to for you. And so you didn't have to carry that gold flake around to buy a coffee. You would give them a dollar bill or you'd give them a quarter or whatever. Um, 
that changed when Nixon removed the gold backing um, and it screwed everything up, obviously. Um, but like, I feel like that there's nothing inherently wrong with going back to that. But I don't know that you need to go back to that. Like, I, I think you can have any medium of exchange you want. But my point is, is that the commodity that you buy and gold is, I think, a good placeholder. The commodity that you buy can be your store of value. So um, whatever Starbucks accepts, now we have apps on your phone, on your computer that could transfer whatever you think is a good store of value into whatever that commodity is. So if tomorrow the dollar collapsed and Starbucks wanted to start using Bitcoin, like you could take that gold and transfer it into 0.001 Bitcoin so that you could do that. Or if tomorrow the dollar collapsed and we start selling, you know, we start working with China bucks or whatever, you know, or, or Putin bucks, um, you could transfer that gold into Putin bucks, right? Like you could do anything you want with that gold. Like that gold keeps its value, unlike the US dollar, and frankly, unlike Bitcoin in theory, like tomorrow Bitcoin could go to zero if if someone figured out how to screw up with the code. But the physical existence of gold has existed for 5,000 years and has kept its value over 5,000 years. And, you know, there's an inherent value, right? I can plate my teeth with gold. You guys want to give me gold? I can make a gold golden calf statue in my yard that I can make. Like I could do anything I wanted with that gold and like it would have a value over a long period of time yeah well there's two things in there that i really want to respond to first the whole like why don't we just like keep the gold at like some fort knox place and i wouldn't like that because that's that's very centralized like the government the government or a third party's in control of that so what if they don't what if they don't like you like what if the government's like no we don't like you you're going against what we believe in, you know, you're going against our thoughts, so you can't access your money. Like, they're like, oh, like you, you disagree with like us on some like super liberal policy that, you know, we would say like, oh yeah, that's totally wrong. Like, you know, like abortion, for example, or something like that. They're like, oh, you're, you're against abortion. So sorry, you can't, you can't access your dollars or, oh, you didn't follow this one, like COVID guidelines your bank account's frozen. And with Bitcoin, that's not an issue. Cause they're like, hey, you can't use your Bitcoin. You're like, yeah, yeah, right. I can I can still use this. There's nothing you can do to me. But if if it would be like that golden Fort Knox thing that you were saying, like they could just like ban us from transacting our money and you know we'd starve. Yeah, I mean that's true to some some degree for everything, but like you can store gold in your base like if it started to go that way you could take the gold out before it got there and put it in your basement or put it you know bury it in the front yard or do whatever gold is great because it doesn't even corrupt over time right so like you just throw it wherever you want to throw it and it's gonna gonna work out fine furthermore it's not centralized because like you and i with some ar-15s or whatever could start a fort knox right like we could build a big cement building we could offer a deal to Lucas. We could say, hey, we'll store your gold and protect it for you. Um, you just, 
Yo, you'll take you, you'll take my worthless dollars for this, we'll, Lewis. We'll, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. How, we'll work something <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't know about dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to hop in here quick. I think um, that the idea that Bitcoin that you could still use Bitcoin in a totalitarian government situation, um, you have to have access to the internet. And people, I think, mistakenly think the internet as a decentralized mode of communication. It's not. It's very much centralized. The government can very, you know, people we look at China and how traffic, internet traffic is controlled, could very e easily, like the government knows where all of our server farms are. That there, you know, there's an underlying the, the plumbing of the internet, the infrastructure that keeps the internet together. So I don't think it's this Bitcoin is is able to be safe from that. So I want to take that shot at Jonah quick. And then Lewis, I think one thing that Bitcoin shows, um, you don't need an a medium of exchange that can that goes directly to a commodity, right? Like a medium of exchange is has inherent value because people can use it to buy things. It doesn't have to be specifically tied. I think Bitcoin shows that a currency doesn't have to be tied to something uh, specific. Yeah, I don't know, Jonah, you want to answer that, but I can give my my thoughts, but who's going to go first here? I guess I can go. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with, like I, I do think there will always be some kind of um, medium of exchange. Um, and I think a dollar is like, as good as anything else like but the the problem is, is like one problem i have with both bitcoin and the dollar in theory is the fluctuation right so what the whole value of any currency is you want if i sell you a candy bar right like so i've i've done all this work made the chocolate bought the nuts but it built my candy bar wrapped it up and i sell it in my store and you give me a dollar, the whole value of that currency is that I know from that dollar, I can go buy a loaf of bread or I can buy whatever. Like that, that's the, the value of it is stability. If tomorrow that $1 no longer buys me a loaf of bread, which by the way, it won't anymore, but like it no longer buys me a loaf of bread, it'll buy me a slice of bread or it'll buy me a crumb of bread. It no longer buys me, then the the exchange for me sucked because I like gave you a candy bar that I invested all this effort in and I got a, a half a slice of bread or something stupid like that. So in, in response, like either I need, like, how do I protect against that? If I don't know what the value of the dollar is going to be tomorrow, when I go to buy my loaf of bread, why would I want to trade in dollars? Right? So like, that's where you need with currency, you need something that's stable. And I think the, the reason we all use the US dollar is because it has been historically slowly inflating. You know, so like I know what the loaf of bread's gonna cost tomorrow. I might not know what it's gonna be in a year, but I know tomorrow if I go to the store, the loaf of bread will be roughly, I don't know, whatever it is now, two, two, three bucks or whatever. So like I know that that's the price of it. Um, if that changes. So if the uh, rate of inflation accelerates, where as it has in Venezuela, Weimar Republic, Zimbabwe, et cetera, like 
if if tomorrow I've I've given away my valuable candy bar to you and I don't I have no idea how much bread I can buy tomorrow, then I need something else, right? And so if if you want another placeholder, I would say a commodity backed money has historically been what states have used. That's what an empire uses. Um, Jews. That's what America used up until 50 years ago. Like that's that's the way because and the same beef with Bitcoin. Like I could I could we could trade. You know, I, if I sold you my car and a Bitcoin was sixty seven thousand dollars at the time or whatever, and I'm like, hey, great, sixty seven thousand dollars. That's a great down payment on my house. And I walk over to buy my house and it has plummeted down to twenty three thousand or whatever it is now. Well, okay, that was not a good transaction for me. I need something more stable. And if you look at gold or you look at silver or you look at copper or any other commodity, it tends to be much more stable where the value of a lump of gold is something we all value. Like if I put a lump of gold, like physically, if you just imagine us sitting around, I put a lump of gold on the table, we would all like that value would be the same. Like as we're getting old, you know, in our retirement home, having this conversation, we would all still value that lump of gold with the same value that, that we value it today. So like the commodities have a certain value to them and gold in particular, because it doesn't corrupt and it's, it's um, got um, this long history of people using it for jewelry, for decoration, for, um, commo- you know, for, units of exchange um now it's being used in electronics like it's it's got this inherent value to it that will never go away unless we invent some way to start creating gold like there's no way to to do that and so i think um that for me that's the strength of a commodity like gold and and i'm using gold but i'm fine with like you guys want to talk silver or whatever like i'm fine with any of the historic metals that have been used for for currency, I'm fine with any of those. Um, but I I do think there's a danger with the US dollar ceasing to be a valuable currency. And I think big frankly, you know, I think Bitcoin already is there, Jonah. <laughs> I think like Bitcoin, <laughs> like I don't I don't trust Bitcoin um, at all. Like, I mean, maybe it'll go to sixty seven thousand tomorrow, but it you know, it might go to two dollars tomorrow like and and the idea that i would sell a candy bar to somebody that i worked all this time on to like package and stuff for a you know 0.001 bitcoin and then have it like disappear as soon as i went to the store like i would never do that so yeah uh, joan i want you to 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 answer to that and also the earlier charge that bitcoin isn't safe from a a totalitarian uh government and uh feel free to uh to name call, you know, don't you can call Lewis a gold bug. You can call me a Fed shill, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, the the thing with the totalitarian government and like Bitcoin, like being more, I, I guess nothing would completely be immune to that because you know they could seize your property, they could dig up your front yard, and. They dig up your front yard and then they find your tons of gold that's buried. Like the same thing in theory could happen to those people. Like, you know, or like they find your safe under your bed or wherever you like to hide your gold or like in the walls of your house. I'm just saying that with Bitcoin, it would be a lot harder for them to 
like pause my bank account you know because like with like the canadian truckers it's like their bank accounts they just got they just got paused and like with bitcoin like if you had a bitcoin wallet you couldn't just pause it as easy because you know they say they like shut the wi-fi off at your house maybe then you're just like oh i'll go to mcdonald's buy myself a one dollar mcchicken which isn't a dollar anymore it's two and you buy yourself a two dollar mcchicken so now you're a little unhappy because you have half the mcchickens you used to you used to would have had and then you transact your bitcoin there and then you try to get out of dodge before something bad happens to you sure and i think the the dollar isn't is not king because it's a great store of value it's king because we have to have dollars to pay taxes um and there's historically we look at the the global economic order that we currently exist in you have it's everybody has been using dollars as a medium of exchange every financial institutions in japan and sweden switzerland africa all use dollars to back up their international transactions so it's not that you know dollars are great because i know i'm going to be able to buy a dollar mcchicken tomorrow i know i won't because of inflation so then if dollars are hyperinflating to such a degree that your guys are arguing that they're unusable well why does the world continue to why does the world continue to take out more and more and more loans in dollars how does the the global supply of dollars continue to increase and it's because everybody knows the dollar is king and will continue to reign for the foreseeable future well i i know i will happily i will happily take out loans to invest as long as the interest rate's low enough because i mean if you think about it you're paying with the depreciating currency so say you know right now i take out a ten thousand dollar loan through like i don't know well maybe i take out a student loan to pay for college you know ten thousand dollar student loan the interest rate on that right now is like 3.79 or 4.79 somewhere in that ballpark you know you and it's like a 10-year repayment plan and i take that i take that ten thousand dollars i pay for college and then when i'm working say i make the ten thousand dollars just by working you know part-time on the weekends and a couple days after school and then with that money i buy I, I buy something like bitcoin and then my my view wouldn't be like oh the bitcoin tomorrow you know like because i did buy a significant amount at the top at sixty five thousand dollars senior year of high school so everybody's like it's gonna crash it's gonna crash you should get out and i'm like ah, nah and then like I bought a bunch and yes, it did lose 50% of its value in three months, but I'm not, that doesn't really, that doesn't scare me. Like I've held through a lot. I've held a lot of different assets over large drops in value. So there was another stock that I held that I bought in, I got in at like four or $5. It went up to like 18 and then it crashed to 80 cents. And now it's at two dollars and then when it was at 80 cents when it was at 80 cents i wasn't panicking thinking oh no the world's over i just lost you know whatever percent that is like 90 some percent 
I was like, oh, I can buy the dip because when it recovers, I'll capitalize on the upswing. And that's kind of like when the FTX situation happened, you know, that was kind of a black swan event. I was just like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to get more Bitcoin at a cheaper price because I'm thinking 10 years down the line. You know, my time horizon isn't like tomorrow. It's, you know, in 10 years, whatever I want to do with my money. That's my time horizon. Well, More I, of I like my, my opinion is like this whole conversation. I don't even know how much disagreement we have in the, the following is I think there's three different things that we're talking about. I think we all like may agree on all three of those kind of, except for I think the one drawback is like, I don't agree uh, bitcoin's a good investment but there's really three things one is what do you what's a medium of exchange like what do you trade when you go to starbucks or kroger or whatever like what what's the thing you trade another is store of value so you've got you know get a bonus from work where do you put that money you're gonna need it in the next year or so you know you don't want to put in your 401k or whatever like what do you store of value what do you do with that and then I think the third, like investment, so you're talking about, Jonah, you're talking about the, the one, 10 years, you know, where was this money in 10 years? Those are three very separate things. Right. And um, I think that everything, I think the reason I like gold is more of the second one, right? Like store of store of value. You know, if I get a big bonus from work, you know, I don't put it in cash. I put it in gold. Um, I think Lucas, I, you know, I agree. Like we're all still spending cash and who knows like how that might last for a long time that we're all still spending the U S dollar. And from an investment standpoint, you know, Jonah, I like maybe Bitcoin's a good investment. I have no idea. Like it might be a horrible investment, but like, that's a separate, those are three very separate things. And I think we're kind of all talking past each other as a result of that. We're well, like, and, and uh, this is a really this is a really good point, Lewis, because I think it's a mistake to conflate medium of exchange with store of value. Um, there was a, a really good paper I had read about, you know, historically, classical economics defines a currency as number one, a medium of exchange, number two, store of value, and number three, a unit of account. And he argues those last two uh, actually when you look at how people, behavioral economics, look how people actually use currencies, it's not a store of value and it's not a unit of account either. It's strictly a medium of exchange. And I think we, the reason that we are drawing these different conclusions is because we, we conflate store of value and medium of exchange as if they're related. They can be, but a medium of exchange is only as good as I can as I can buy something with it that day. So in your examples of, you know, well, hey, you get fifteen thousand dollar bonus, you know, and you want to be able to use it next year, uh, yeah, that's why I would take it and exchange it for something else. So then I, when next year, if I decide to buy something, I can then exchange it into whatever medium of exchange I need to and buy whatever it is I need to buy. I don't need to worry about the dollar holding a particular set of value, I can just uh, use it at the moment because it's the current meme of exchange to buy different assets. So, but I, but I don't think uh, the currency itself needs to be considered an asset that has to store value over a long period of time. I think that's a mistake. It doesn't need to, 
but it sure would be nice, right? Like it sure would be nice, <laughs> especially if like we, if you go back 50 years when nobody had Robinhood apps on their phone, nobody had E-Trade, whatever, like nobody had any of that stuff. The hassle of me like taking, if I got a bonus from work, $15,000, taking it out of the bay and finding a stockbroker, you know, driving to the next big city, finding a stockbroker who calls the you know, New York Stock Exchange and buys, you know, gold trust or whatever, and like your know, bond broker or whatever, like that. There's a giant hassle there. And it sure would be nice if I could get my $15,000, put it under my mattress or put it in my bank and just buy the same thing next year that I would buy today. Right. So, and that's what you lose when you lose the gold backing. Like that's what you lose when you lose the commodity, the the a commodity backed currency is going to have both functions to it. It's going to both function as a medium of exchange and a store of value. And that's what you want. Like you want your currency that, and that also helps with the stability. It helps with, you know, if I sell you my candy bar, it helps me know what the value of the bread's going to be tomorrow. It like, it's, it's, it may not be necessary in the modern world where we can all trade gold or stocks or whatever we want today and tomorrow and sell, buy, sell. Like we've all got this now capability, kind of. But like you said, how 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 long term is the 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 um, the internet? You know, like how safe and secure is the internet? So kind of you've got the same problem as Bitcoin at that point in time um, with your thought on things. But like it, it sure would be nice if we had a commodity that was gold backed or silver backed it would it would be nice but i think it's an impossibility because it had your the currency is only going to be as useful as the economy within which you're operating right if there's droughts and famines and other people are going to react differently and value we you, you're talking about something that maintains its value well it's, it maintains its value relative to other values, and those values change relative to whatever's happening in the world at that moment. If there's droughts, if there's famines, if there's uh, if there's wars, if there's other things, my opinion about gold, even if I'm a super huge gold bug enthusiast, my opinion on gold is going to change during economic downturns or, or different things like that. My, that my, how much I value the gold, even just me, my, how much I value certain things will change on a- well, I, Yeah, a, and Adam Smith talks about this in Wealth of Nations, and I agree with what he says there is like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's gold, you know, silver crashed when, when Spain discovered that giant silver mine in South America, right? Like there was a global crash of silver price. So it can happen. And it certainly does. The difference between gold or another commodity, silver, copper, et cetera, you know, you name the commodity. The difference is, is with those, they go up, they go down. Generally speaking, they they maintain their value over time. Currency without any backing doesn't go up and down. It goes down. It like consistently goes down. So currency is not designed to store value. As a matter of fact, it's designed to not store value. The Fed doesn't aim for zero inflation. They don't. They aim for two percent inflation, and they usually don't hit that target. So like there is, there's a a design difference between gold and 
and the U.S. dollar, and frankly, most modern currencies that aren't backed by by um, some kind of commodity, um, there's a design difference that will take away that second function that is sure nice to have, which is I don't need to take my cash and trade it for something else so that it doesn't lose all its value in a year. Like that's that's a drawback to U.S. dollar that is a potentially fatal drawback, right? Like it, it's a potentially giant drawback. You look at people in Venezuela, you look at people in Zimbabwe and they like they, a lot of people got stuck holding the bag, right? And it depends on, you know, how quick do I need to get on my Robinhood app? You paid me for this candy bar. How quick do I have to quickly throw that into gold or something before it's zero value? Like it's okay, ready? We're going to make this transaction. Let's trade it quickly. <laughs> like it's just, that's a ridiculous, that's a crappy currency and it can't last long-term. And the faster that inflation accelerates, the worse it is. So like I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I like on some level, we have a system that was built up for the US dollar. We've all got apps on our phones. And right now it's kind of kind of working. But like, how sustainable is that? And that that's that's my concern with that. And well, yeah, and let's I, I think I, I would and maybe we'll have a conversation later about whether all inflation is bad and deflation is good, like that whole thing. Cause I, that's kind of where I think what this conversation is headed, but I want it to Jonah. Um, so you're investing in Bitcoin, right? Lewis and I obviously are not. So let's this worst case scenario of the dollar going to zero that we've been talking about. Um, I would like to know in the, in that environment, let's say that happens tomorrow. The go, the goal, the, Dollar goes to zero. All all the gold is confiscated, and you have your Bitcoin. How are you going to uh, fare better in this new environment than Lewis and I would? Well, I think I think that I would I think that I would have an upper hand in this environment, unless either of you guys like had a massive amount of like gold or like. You know, like some commodity like that. No, it's this like, it's uh it's all been confiscated. The government got the go it collapsed, and now we have a totalitarian government. And Lewis's gold is confiscated, so he's out of luck. All of my dollars are hyperinflated, so I'm out of luck. But you still have your Bitcoin. I still have my Bitcoin. Well, then there will be other people who still have their Bitcoin too, and we'll be able we'll be able to trade, and I think it will be very valuable. You know, I might be able to buy a house with my Bitcoin. Or maybe, who knows, maybe it won't even cost a full Bitcoin. Maybe I'll be able to get away with buying a house for 0.1 or 0.01. Like, I don't know. But you guys, you guys would also be able to accumulate Bitcoin. You just, like, it would be simple capitalism. Like, you just need to provide a good or service. Like, say if you, like, I don't, I don't know what you do but like say if you like sold eggs from your chickens or whatever you know or like just agreed to work then you'd be able to get your bitcoin and i just i think it would be very valuable in that situation because there's, there'd be other people there'd be other people like me and there'd be people who would see what's happening and they'd get out of their dollar positions and hedge that against bitcoin and then the more money that goes into Bitcoin, the better, because there's not there's not very many Bitcoin going around. There's only, well, there's less than 21 million actually, because there's a lot of lost Bitcoin, and all of the Bitcoin Satoshi mined on his computer are just gone. 
because you know because satoshi disappeared and nobody really knows who who he or they you know like those that that person or group of people is yep and see i guess this is where i'm more uh, I'm more agreeable to Lewis's position on gold than I am Bitcoin, and and this is why because so in your in your in this environment, yes, there are people who have a lot of Bitcoin and they're able to. Uh, so a couple things, there's the underlying some couple underlying assumptions that the government would allow the Bitcoin people to transact, and, and you know they so they have the medium of exchange that is universally accepted. Uh, and the government wouldn't be wouldn't use be using their force to impose any sort of restrictions or anything like so. There's this underlying assumption. Also, uh, you know, I might be you know, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. There's 300 million Americans. So there's you know, not many Americans have Bitcoin. So this economic collapse happens. You know, there's the ch the chicken farmer down the road. He doesn't have Bitcoin. I don't don't have Bitcoin. So I don't know that either of us. Are going to feel a compulsion to go and get bitcoin in order for us to have a transaction we would just simply find a different way to make the transaction happen yeah or or you'd find a way to get bitcoin like you just like you know like trade your car or something that you had that the big somebody with bitcoin wanted because like i mean if you look at if you look at bitcoin it really it doesn't take much to be like a top one percenter because I mean, there's a lot of different debates on whether it's 10% of a coin or 20, 28. Those are the two, the two ones that you hear. Like you either you either need 10% or 28% of a coin to be a top a Bitcoin top one percenter. You know, like because there's not enough for each millionaire on the planet to have one full Bitcoin. A full Bitcoin. That's a that's a lot. Like that's just that's just a lot. So if you could just like 10% of a Bitcoin, that's two and a half grand right now, or 2.3K. And so, I think that go ahead. I'm sorry. that's a little, a 28% a little over 7K. So, you know, if you get like, if you get a tax return or if you get a bonus at work or something like that, and you just wanted to put a little in Bitcoin, like 2.3K, like between two and 8K will get, will give you a big, a big upper hand. Like for when it, for when I believe it goes up in value over the next few years. So let's go back to my chicken. So the, the guy down the road, chicken farmer, he doesn't have Bitcoin. I don't have Bitcoin. Um, my, my question is, what is going to compel us to opt for? The, 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 I'm going to have to go get Bitcoin somehow. And then after I get the Bitcoin, then I make an exchange with the chicken farmer to get eggs. I guess my, so that's my question is like, why would I in that situation, he doesn't have Bitcoin. I don't have Bitcoin. Why would we do Bitcoin versus something that's more accessible? Well, I'm not necessarily my, well, my position, I'm not like a toxic Bitcoin maximalist or whatever. Like, I don't think that it necessarily needs to be a currency. I, I'm more looking at it from a capital appreciation and inflation hedge standpoint. Like, because then in that situation, the stacks or the sats that I've stacked will be very valuable to me. 
and you know then I'd be able to use them. Whereas you know the six grand that I have at the bank account would be worthless. And you know I'd buy, I'd go to, I'd go to the local McDonald's and I'd enjoy half a McChicken for that six grand or whatever. Uh, so I. So in order for Bitcoin to become the universe, like to become a valuable medium of exchange, maybe not right away, but at some point I and the chicken farmer would have to get on the Bitcoin system. I mentioned you had you had thrown out the 21 million Bitcoin number and I mentioned the 300 million Americans. So that like I I just don't see let's let's say some cryptocurrency maybe it isn't bitcoin i don't know why I, I so like the bitcoin specific position not crypto whatever whatever bitcoin i just don't see a likely scenario that bitcoin is going to be worth holding in the future right like these economic collapses different things have to happen in order for bitcoin to go from a speculative investment to a medium of exchange well i mean i don't necessarily i'm not like trying to like predict the future or anything saying it will be a medium of exchange i just think that it's a i think it's a great investment i think there's a possibility of that because like i mean we've been printing money at an insane rate and the debt the u.s debt just keeps climbing like it hits it hits a ceiling and they raise the ceiling it's in what the 30s of trillions right now and does anybody even know like does anybody even know the market cap the market cap of the dollar like you know like how many dollars are in circulation no no because there's so many like euro dollars on like offshore accounts and you know so many people have them and like there's a lot of sh you know more shadow money you know like euro dollars and dollars that are under like fraudulent like accounts and the amount of people who just have a ton of it and like who knows maybe this like you know this five dollars that i have here that i'm maybe wanting to buy a burger with you know there might only be like a million five dollar bills or five million five dollar bills or whatever you know but the amount that's not in paper that's you know the digital amount of the dollar like there could be quadrillions out there see and that's the beauty of fiat currencies is we can make as much currency as we need yeah but then it if you make as much currency as you need say you you have your 10k bonus and you didn't invest it and they're like and then somebody's like oh no and then the government's like oh no we need more money to you know to build roads or to do some like government service they want to do social security runs out because like they run out of social security and they're like oh we're just going to pay for their retirement by printing more money then the amount of money you own is just it's just tanking you know it's like slowly burning away and eating itself why you shouldn't invest in dollars you should exchange them for other investments lewis i think i said uh I, I was I mean, lauding fiat currencies, and I saw your saw your eyebrows yeah, I, flicker I mean, there. My my, uh, my whole thought on the like we need more dollar bills because like there's 
300 million people, like fractions work. You don't need to actually create more dollar bills. You have fractions of dollars. Like if we wanted to go to a half penny, we could go to a half penny. You don't need to like increase the number of the commodity behind the the medium of exchange. You can just increase the number of medium exchange and keep the commodity the same. And that way you don't lose the value. So like if a dollar bill, like if we weren't printing more dollar bills, we couldn't, and and we had more people, you can divide that smaller. That's why pennies used to have value to them and now they don't. Like so there's no reason for you to like add dollar commodities to it. So gold, for example, in theory, you and I could still trade. Like we, gold has been a medium of exchange for 5,000 years, right? Going back to the Sumerians would trade gold. So if tomorrow you and I wanted to, if I wanted to buy your computer from you, I could go and get, go to the, you know, the local gold coin store and buy three certified gold coins that are, you know, whatever. And I could come to you and we can make that exchange and it would work out fine. And if, if we were like, oh, that's too, like, it's, you know, something cheaper and we wanted to split it smaller, we could, we could do that. So the world went from, you know, a hundred million people, you know, a, a thousand years ago to whatever we're at now, seven, eight billion. I, I can't remember what the number is. And gold still is able to be used. I mean, we could do it today. We could make a medium of exchange on gold today. So you all you have to do is like change the percentage, right? Like it's just a percentage change. You don't have to add to the commodity and that way you're not eating away at your absolute value. You're keeping your value on the whole thing. So um I, I don't I'm not a believer that we need to add dollar bills to the system. I think you can just get a smaller percentage. Like we could very easily have a penny that's incredibly valuable in this country. And that would be a good thing. Like that would that would reward people that saved their pennies. It would reward people that like didn't go out and spend their fortune. Right now, what we've done is we've created a system where if you don't get on that treadmill, you're not investing your money, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, like you're not like working, 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 um, you, your money disappears, right? And I think that's an incredibly unhealthy system. Like, I think you should be able to get money from your work. And just like the Bible says, save, you know, be, be, um, be wise with your money. And I think it should keep its value. And right now we've, we don't have that with money. And so people are trying to fix that by Bitcoin or fix that by gold or fix that by, we're trying to fix an inherent problem with the US dollar that is, continues to be an issue. And like, it's, it's easily fixable. <laughs> like we had the fix 50 years ago. Like it's a very fixable thing. You back it with a commodity, like almost all currencies have been backed throughout history. You back it with a commodity that prevents the government from doing what we're doing, which is this, this uh, um, very low key, but insidious tax that we do every year, which is we inflate the dollar 2%. Two, that's like a 2% tax increase on us every year. And 2% is like very optimistic. We never hit 2%. Like it's always more than 2%. So why not back it? Like why not put some gold behind that dollar bill? And then the fluctuation goes away. It has a store of value, still can be used as a medium of exchange. And like, why, why not do that? And we just won't do it.
Um, now, on the other hand, I don't think you can back it with Bitcoin. Sorry, Jonah. Like, I, I don't think you can back the dollar with Bitcoin. I think it would be insane if we did that. But like, well, why not? Because I was going to say that kind of what you're saying kind of sounds like my Bitcoin position just with gold, because gold gold isn't nearly as efficient as Bitcoin. Like you don't like there's no there's no set supply of gold. So in theory, like I could be digging in my backyard or digging somewhere and find a ton of gold and it could go way down in value or I could figure out a way to make gold that like tricks people and it's fool's gold like you know like I could be like lab create do like some mad scientist thing and create a ton of gold and just totally wreck that system and number one transporting gold is hard storing it's hard with bitcoin it's you don't need to worry about it that with bitcoin it's just you just put it on a computer wallet and you have software hold it like you know some cypherpunk makes you a nice a nice like treasure wallet or you know a ledger or you have like a hot wallet or something like that that you just have on the computer like if you use bitcoin it would cut out the need for a fort knox which would be which would be more efficient it's easier to transact and it's just it's basically it's like it's like gold, but better, I would say. Well, um, so here's here's the giant difference. Okay, so yeah, all commodities in theory, you can go dig more, right? Like you could, I, you know, go to silver, you can go dig more silver. Like I mentioned, Spain crashed the silver market back in the 1700s or whatever when they found that giant silver mine in, in South America. Um, so yeah, all commodities in theory, you can tank the market if you find more of it and there is a cost digging it up there's a cost storing it etc cetera, etc cetera. um the reason that a commodity is a better backing than bitcoin is because bitcoin is purely based on um this sense that it's valuable right so in a, in a lot of ways bitcoin and the us dollar are in exactly the same situation where it has no inherent value like there's no um if if tomorrow we we all went to mars and they had a mars buck or whatever that was the only value there you know and you started telling people about bitcoin they'd be like yeah whatever dude like i i want the mars buck or whatever but i could pull out gold and i could make myself a, a statue right like i could make myself earrings i could make myself electronics i could make myself gold caps for my teeth i can make myself like gold has always had this value you go to like the egyptian tombs and like everything's covered with gold right so like there's this inherent value to commodities copper is a great example where like copper if tomorrow everybody was like hey i don't like copper i don't like copper jewelry i don't like blah 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 it still has this value of like hey we could put it in all the electrical lines like it has this great conductive property right gold has those same things where it's like this valuable thing it doesn't corrode it's like this great metal that is awesome like it's this really really cool metal and that is something that is not true for a us dollar is not true for bitcoin is not true for anything else where it's like this having a commodity and, you know, the drawback to like, if we back things, when I say commodity, I just mean something that's uniform across the board. So we could, in theory, back the U.S. dollar with corn, for example. We could say, you know, like corn, you know, your, your U.S. dollar is worth three stocks of corn or whatever. But the drawback to corn is that 
it is very corruptible, right? And it it matters from you know it's it, you know, you can't really store corn, you know, like if I wanted to buy you know put a bunch of corn in my basement, you know, it would only last you know one season or whatever, even if I had the right temperature and stuff. But when you have like a, a the reason precious metals have been used is because a they're very consistent across the board. So one pure ounce of gold is one pure ounce of gold, regardless of Lucas has it, Jonah has it, I have it, same. Number two is doesn't corrupt, gold doesn't corrupt at all. Silver is slow corrupting. Like, so I could store silver in my basement for my entire life and it would still keep its value. Um, and um, by the way, I don't actually store very much precious metals. So doxers and criminals, please don't come to my house. So don't go to Lewis's house, everybody. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm used to the anti-dollar slander there, but, jo but uh, Jonah, did you want to answer to some of that anti-Bitcoin slander? Uh, yeah, actually, with especially with the whole Mars thing. Um, you so the gold in your illustration, the dollar, it would just be like you know, like this. It's paper. You have paper on Mars. Woo, big deal. Like, and then with gold, they'd just be like, oh, so you have something that you can create, and it would just be like more of like a use thing like oh we can use this but with bitcoin i could be like hey look i just got 500 billion dollars from the earth to bitcoin in two seconds like look i look how fast they just transacted all of that look at how much wealth we can we can send between the planets and look it doesn't take any time at all it takes no time like it's it's there boom it's there transaction got validated it's there and that would very much i would say that, that would very much shock whoever was there because they're like oh we normally need to wait for like the spaceship to like bring it you know like kind of like in the like in the early colony like you know like with the colonies like oh we need to wait for the boat to cross the ocean and like there's fears that it won't get there but with, with like more of like the bitcoin thing it would just be like Oh, you guys were you guys wait for your stuff to get there? We get it instantly. Like, but I uh I think it's interesting that in Lewis's scenario, Mars Bucks is a fiat currency. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that is let me, let me that say is kind of just funny. in response to uh that, let me let me just say you look up the knight knights templar um and what they did during the crusades. And they actually could exchange gold extremely fast, right? Like they, they, that was their whole, the, what the Knights Templar became was this giant bank that was a trans-European bank um, where if you wanted to donate to the crusade, you would go to your local Knights Templar office. You'd say, you know, you bring your pound of gold or whatever. And you'd say, Hey, this, please send this to the crusade. They would update their, their, um, their ledger you'll put it on the next boat to, to the Middle East, um, the, not the gold itself, the ledger itself, the, the, bank, the nice Templar Bank East would get that from them. That's okay. Um, walk to their local store of gold and they would give it to the guy um, that you wanted to give it to. So if you want to give it to your family member, your king or whatever, like you could just do that and it was basically an instantaneous thing. Like, so you could, in theory, trade gold across planets very, very easily. And just like, so, you know, in theory, you could say, you know, 
give me two pounds of gold and walk up to the person and just pull it from a bank and hand it to the person. So like, I, I don't, the whole idea of like, it's easier to exchange. I don't really go for it. Like, I think you can do that with a commodity as easily as you can do that with Bitcoin or anything else. Like it's just so someone somewhere is storing it. And we kind of, that's what the U S dollar used to be 50 years ago was someone somewhere is storing the gold. Here's a dollar bill that says you can redeem X amount of gold. If you take it to that store and like, that's that's all we need. We just need to know that my gold is somewhere safe and I can get it if I want it. And I think that does the trick of a commodity. I don't think you need to physically be carrying around gold coins, although it's not not necessarily a bad thing to do that either. But like, I don't think you have to. Yeah, and, and Lewis, def Lewis definitely does not carry gold on his person, so don't accost him either. But yeah, go ahead, John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the thing with Bitcoin is it, it just takes out that. Like it takes out the need to go to some like, like bank or whatever. It takes out the need to carry around something. I mean, you have it on your, you have it on your smartphone. Everybody, you always have your smartphone on you anyway. Like you don't need somebody to store it for you. You don't need to worry if it's safe from getting robbed. Cause like you just have your wallet password, your 12 word seed phrase or 24 word seed phrase. And you're just like, boom don't need to worry about anybody taking it they can't because bitcoin is unhackable like and if if it was hackable i would argue that it's unhackable for this one reason is because if it was hackable somebody would have done it already because there's a 500 billion dollar bounty to anybody who can hack bitcoin because it's the market cap right now and if you figured out how to hack it you could you know you could just sell it all at some like coinbase or something and get all your money I mean, I'll I'll say this. Like, I feel like um, Bitcoin has had that value, but it's also only been around. I mean, when did Bitcoin start? It was not that long ago. So, like, I uh, what, what what year was it? Oh nine, two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. So oh nine. So it's been around thirteen, fourteen years here. So like, though, you say it can't be hacked. Not really true. Like it can't be hacked in 14 years, but like it could be hacked tomorrow. Like, and I, I think that's a different track record of like than gold, where it's like, you know, and, and, uh, you don't have to hack Bitcoin. You just have to hack somebody's wallet, right? Yeah. Once I pick a password, then, and, and that has happened. Yeah, but gold has also been stolen before too. But like, I'm just saying, like you. Want to? You want to be able to like ruin the network, or like, ha like hacking hacking my one wallet is different than hacking all the Bitcoin wallets. You know, like if somebody would hack my wallet, woo, they get they get my one coin. But that doesn't like, I don't I don't really get what you're trying to say. Because like Bitcoin, it's you're not able to hack like. The Bitcoin itself. That's that was but one of my points there. The not argument, like, but if if your argument is that it's safer than gold, um, because it's unhackable, then we we also have to consider the real danger of losing the password to your wallet, right? You just you just write you just write it down or memorize it. 
boom, you have it. You then you type in the twelve words and ding, it opens up, and it's it's like the easiest thing ever. Like I'm I'm not worried about losing my password at all. Like that's not something that ever comes into my mind. Like I'm not worried with, about it getting stolen. With my with my memory, like how often I forget passwords, like. I would be terrified. I, like I, if I had any amount of money in Bitcoin, which I don't, like I would have to write that password like on every wall that I could. Think of. Like I'd have all well, kinds of places where I wrote that down because, like, for me, like remembering a password, like I'm terrible with that. Like I, I'm lucky well, and, to. And and Jonah, you kind of alluded to this earlier. The lost bitcoins, right? So there's people who like they have Bitcoin on their server but they don't remember the password to get in there. There was that, there was a story that one guy he had, I can't remember how many Bitcoin on the server and he only had five um, chances to get the password right before the whole thing deleted. So then all that Bitcoin is, is gone. I think yeah, or, or if you, you know, like you, you know, you don't have family, I assume Jonah, but like if you have a family, and you get in a car accident and die, you want to pass on your wealth to your family. If you, the only location of that wealth is in your head, like. Yeah, but you, you could just tell them like, hey, like if you had like a will or something like, like not, not, or not necessarily even a will. If you just had like, <clears throat> you're like, hey, if I die and you need my money, this is where you get it. Like you just tell them to some extent, depending on how much you trust them. So you won't want them to rob you. But I guess those, those fears also happen. Like those fears are like fears that happen no matter what currency you use of being, of being robbed from like your potential, like you, the potential recipients of your will, but they could just figure, figure out how to get in. Like it wouldn't be that difficult, or they know how to do it because you showed them before. So we usually shoot for an hour-long podcast. I figure this would take a little longer because these debates are lively, and this is one area where Lewis and I have a lot of disagreements about. So, but this is this is a really fun conversation. Thank you, Jonah, for coming on. Um, as we wrap up here, what's if, if you were to kind of try and summarize your position to our audience, why your position is stronger than Lewis or I's position, uh, what would what would you say? Well, I would say I would say because it's it's an, it's I would say because I agree with all the points that Lewis or most of the points Lewis said or all the points he said about like currency, except for I would say that Bitcoin we have a better, a newer, better gold with Bitcoin. All right. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lewis, did you want, or do you want, or do you want to have the last word? Yeah, uh, I don't care. He, yeah, yeah. He, can, he can go say his statement. <laughs> I, my, uh, you know, my thought is like, we don't need a newer, better gold. <laughs> we've got, we've got a nice old gold that has stuck, you know, in some ways, like, I feel like that's, there's a, a value to having a system that's been tested for 6,000 years or whatever. So like, I think there's, you know, there's, there's an inherent value that has stood the test of time. I think that's a big drawback to a lot of cryptocurrencies. It's like, 
you know, people are like, hey, they stood the test of time. It's been out for four years or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like, no, yeah, like that's not the test of time. The test of time is a generation. The test of time is 20 generations. You know, the test of time is like having a significant amount of time for people to figure out, does this work? Can we hack it? Can we destroy it? Does it melt down? Are we missing something? All those are things that like have been tried with gold and like have worked. And, but, you know, to just close my point real quick, I, in some ways agree with you, Luke, is that a medium of exchange being the US dollar, I think in the short term, that's probably true. Like that's, that's absolutely true. But I think US dollar has lost that second component, which is to be able to store value. And I think that's a giant drawback for the US dollar. And I think as a result, the US dollar doesn't have the function that we need it to have. And I think that it's just going south and it's not, you know, it's not a good place to be. And like the the more inflation we get and it is ramping up, it is increasing. We've seen that over time, like just the le less valuable that dollar is going to be. And, you know, inherently that's what inflation is. It becomes less valuable. And so, yeah, I mean, like anything can be a medium of exchange. We, like I said, we can trade um, Robin Hood bits or whatever, like we could do anything we wanted and the US dollar might continue to function in that way. But for all other aspects of the US dollar that used to provide, I used to be able to put $100 in my mattress and have it still be $100 a little bit of time later, it no longer has that and it's going to get worse, right? So the like I said, like it's getting to the point where it's like, if you don't quickly take that cash and quickly put it in something else, it's, you know, you're shame on you. It's garbage, you know? So like, that's a, a bad place to be. It's a bad system. And, you know, like it, it is what it is. So uh, on one level, we don't disagree, like medium of exchange. Okay, fine. Um, but I, my point is just this broader question of like, what's, where should it be? Where should the US dollar be? And I think it shouldn't be in a case where people are trying to get rid of it the second they get it. Gotcha. To uh, sum up my position, I think it's, it's just, I find it so interesting that Lewis used a fiat currency as an example of what they're using on Mars because deep down, he knows that fiat currencies are a superior technology in his anti-American rhetoric is just getting in the way wait wait, wait. hold on i just heard from the martians it's gold back <laughs> currency is gold. <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go um yeah so to, to like i think why i shill for fiat is so if you if you believe that the dollar is going to zero and yeah it will like every currency even gold back currencies Every currency has historically gone to zero. So then the question becomes, do you want to do what Lewis and Jonah is talking about and buy Bitcoin or buy gold? I would say if you really believe that the world economic order is going to get overturned, the economy and the dollar is all going to collapse, you're probably going to want to own guns. You're probably going to want to, you know, so like that chicken farmer who is able to produce uh, something for his community that they want, you maybe invest in that. I don't know that loading up on Bitcoin or gold is going to help you if your worst fears are actually realized. But and this was a good conversation. Thank you guys both. I, you know, it was, it was far more reasonable than it needed to be. 
but uh, <laughs> uh, Lu- Jonah, you're not on t- on Twitter like Lewis and I, are you? Um, <clears throat> uh, I maybe had a Twitter account once, but yeah, no, I'm not active on Twitter uh, at all. You're missing out, man. Need need to get off of TikTok and watch and fight videos. Like, just get on Twitter and have uh, adult conversations with lunatics. <laughs> I'm also I'm also not on not on TikTok. Okay, okay. I sure, yeah, stay off social media for sure. It's uh, I I have an Instagram account that I use occasionally, I guess, and I chat on super stocks on Reddit or super stonks now it is and i've been active on some reddit threads but that's that's about i, I don't regularly do any social media type thing man that's awesome <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's really awesome that's a place to be not on social media yeah lewis and i waste a lot of time on twitter um where can they find you twitter uh, on uh, twitter lewis I am Lewis U is my handle. Um, and uh, you can also check me out. I write on Substack, uh, lewisungit.substack.com. Um, so check those out and you'll get more awesome takes. Actually, most of it is not about gold, but uh, yeah, just check check out what uh, what I have to say there. Yeah, you've been really digging into the limited liability thing as of late, which I think any conservative who assumes that laissez-faire economics and limited liability are synonymous and that we need limited liability and looking at you you examined the train the train derailment and how they're the this railroad company is putting up a mere pittance relative to the damage they caused how limited liability allows them to do that and get away with it and it's just a, a example of a larger problem that limited liability produces yeah so lots of subjects right on cultural issues um, financial issues etc so. and people should check out his book return of the dragon i'm talking about psychedelics religion you know as america continues to loosen the strings on psychedelics lewis is sounding the alarm about how dangerous that actually is and i've seen you've been making the podcast rounds too talking about your book a lot Oh, are you still there? Did we lose you, Lewis? Oh, there we go. Yeah, sorry. I glitched out. I didn't hear your question. What was your question? So I, I just said I noticed that you've been making the podcast rounds ta- talking about this this published work of yours, Return of the Dragon. Yes, I've been on a number of podcasts. So I've been on uh, the Renaissance of Men podcast with our friend Will that we've had on this show. Had a really good conversation with him. I had a conversation with another Will um, from the church split and uh, had a really good conversation with him. Um, And then I also was on the Psychedelic Christian podcast that is not out yet, but he told me that he was going to try and get it out this week. So, um, and then I also was on Anthony of Westgate's podcast. um, Yeah, yeah. um, And that was another good uh, conversation. So yeah, making making the rounds, getting... uh, getting those books out there but uh i and i listened to that one that was really interesting because he himself had partaken with psychedelics and a lot of what you found in your research about how people really feel like they're encountering real entities that really resonated with him and his experiences too yeah yeah no that's it's it is 
really a fascinating thing and the like the subject just is so powerful and so relevant yeah people should definitely check out those podcasts you can find all that on my twitter by the way like i'm uh i post the, every time i'm on a podcast I, I post it so people can find it there and then yeah obviously check out the book because ultimately this is a super critical subject that is very 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 relevant in today's uh society so um yeah thanks for uh reminding me to yeah that. absolutely <laughs> I'm at addicted to grace on Twitter. That's my handle. Um, yeah. And then we'll uh, continue cranking out episodes, looking at these topics of religion and society currencies. These are things that we, that we find super interesting. Hope you do too. And we'll see you next time. Bye everybody. Thank you.